All right, team. Big week is here. We got a big one. Of course, we got Thursday's CPI report. We got the election midterm. What's going to happen? Of course, that's going to be affecting fiscal policy. We'll definitely be watching that. Palantir earnings. We'll talk about what's going on in Truth Social. Peabody. Yes, I'm talking a little bit of coal. Santa bringing some coal this year. Meta with a little bit of some layoffs. LIDAR in the news. We'll talk a little bit about what's going on. Of course, earnings this week. We got Disney on the chart. We got uh, Take Two. We got Lyft, ATVI. We got a lot to talk about. Rise and shine, investors. It's time to get pre-market prep started. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I'm bidding a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. How we doing, traders? Let's get right into the market. Let's bring on Dennis Dick. And yes, it does look like we're missing one today. Don't kill the messenger. Joel Alconin is taking another beautiful day in, I don't, I think, northern Michigan. Part-time trader, Wherever man. he is. Yeah. He's enjoying it. He's enjoying it. He's he enjoys still- life. Hey. We never leave the office, Mitch. So, I, you know, I, he's got to figure it out. We we He's gotta kidding. take we gotta take some lessons here. Don't sell, don't sell because it looks don't like it's working s- yep. for my man Joel. Yep. Don't sell and don't and and take lots of time off. We don't get <laughs> any time off. Me and you stuck in here because we sell. If yeah. we wouldn't sell, maybe we'd be able to you know take more time off. The yeah, whole uh, whole what is it? Kramer says buy Apple, don't trade Apple. I'm the opposite. I trade Apple and. I'm not long it anymore. Well, I'm hedged it long term, so which is good news for me today. But overall, here, what are you saying, Mitch? I mean, we come in, we're up again. Bad news from Apple. Market shrugs it off. What are your thoughts here? Yeah, let's take a look. Of course, uh, dollar is down. Uh, DXY down towards one ten fifty six. Big support at one oh nine. We'll see if it's able to hold. I think that's an important level to watch. Of course, dollar going down. We've been also watching equities going up, kind of leading that dollar also. But then you take a look at crude. Crude actually got towards 92.56 on WTI, now pulling back towards 91.76. Definitely something to watch, right? Because if we're going to get continued oil prices to go higher and higher, well, then I'm going to be really worried about Thursday's CPI report, right? Maybe it's not this report that it shows up that it's getting higher, but what if we were to go down on inflation and then come back up? What, what's going on here right now? 803, uh, weird, something happened. All right, we I'll take a look shopping here. around. We were kind of quiet. Chad, help us out here. Something just happened. Something just happened. Yeah, I'm looking. I don't see anything we right now. We were really chopping. We went right on sp- spoos for just a second there. We're starting to come in here now, but we chopped. Um, like at least happened. I'm looking around. I'm not seeing anything. If no. you guys see anything in the chat, please let us know. I'm sure we'll find out in a couple seconds, but <laughs> looks like somebody knows something faster than we do. So we'll just be paying attention to see what hits the tape 
in the next couple of minutes. I got my news pulled up here. I'm not seeing anything. We really chopped there, though. So maybe it's just chopped. Maybe something. But it felt like that felt like a news hit. Like I hit the tape. Like I'm always looking at the tape, obviously. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And when you see her just go bang, bang, like she really moved there for a second. It wasn't sometimes at 8 o'clock you see the movement because it's old Prince hitting. But this was not that. So anyways, we're chopping around here. Lots of news here. Lots of individual news here. Where do you want to go, Money Mitch? All right, let's get into some of this news that's important today. Of course, we'll be watching what happens this week with the midterms, but let's go to Apple. I think that's one of the most important news that we've been focusing on, and the SPY is moving there. It's interesting. I'm going to try to find whatever that is that's moving us right now. We're but chopping around. I don't give us the Apple news first because this was the news that you thought would drive the market and it did drive the futures last night. This broke last night. Futures got hit, but again, the silver lining market that we are in here now finds a reason to buy stocks, anyways, despite Apple going lower here. What was the news on Apple from last night here, Money Mitch? All right. So Apple says that COVID 19 restrictions in China have impacted its main iPhone 14 Pro and Max assembly facility. Um, And of course, we kind of already knew this by Foxconn, right? And Foxconn had announced that it would revise down the outlook for Q4. So that it's working to try to resume production to its full uh, capacity as as quick as possible. Um, They did announce that as we've done throughout COVID-19 pandemic, we're prioritizing the health and safety of our workers in our supply chain. This came from Apple. So it looks like the it's no longer a question if the iPhone production was getting hit. Now we're actually getting an answer from Apple saying, yes, they are getting hit, at least from this COVID-19 restriction that we're having in China. Apple is bouncing back here a little bit with the overall market. Like we said, some news hit the tape here about three, four minutes ago because we started to show a little bit of life. It was kind of dead uh, for the last half an hour because I've been trading and it's just starting to show life. Let's do the technicals on Apple. The Joe Alcon levels work once again. October 13th, low 134.37. Friday's low, 134.38, one penny apart. It bounced right on the old October low. Um, So that's the good news for the Bulls. The bad news for the Bulls is the relative strength on this thing is terrible. There's been a rotation. We should talk about this rotation from the leaders from the last decade to the laggards from the last decade. That is really what you were seeing here in the U.S. markets in 2022. The leaders, the Apples, the Amazons, the Microsofts, the Googles, the Facebooks, the stocks have just been up relentlessly for the last 10 years are the ones they do not want in 2022. And it's the stocks, the energy stocks, banks have lagged, drugs have lagged, conservative stuff has lagged. That's the stuff that they're buying now. So the reason that the market, you know, continues to show relentless, you know, strength here, despite, you know, the Apple weakness and the Microsoft weakness and Amazon going down every day is rotation. And that rotation continues. It's the value trade, the move from mega cap tech, the move from you know technology stocks altogether, and the move into more value names. Energy, obviously, the number one driver. But we've talked about this trade in the drugs, calling the market on drugs. And you, obviously, you know you see the the big moves. Lily made a new all time high there just yeah, on Friday. Came off of it there. Amgen down for a little bit, then reverses. You can see the the continued strength in certain sectors. So despite Apple showing weakness, the market no longer is dependent on what Apple and the mega cap tech is doing because it has other leadership now. This is a whole new animal from where we were in the last 10 years, Mitch. 
That is for sure. And one of the things that, you know, we got to start asking ourselves is, is this a longer time trade, right? Is this going to be tech going away for some time? Of course, it could be, of course, with the high interest rates. And it's going to take a while, right, to start cutting those interest rates. It could be that this could be for the next year, even um, for 23. It could be more value than growth, right? And I think that now we just need to keep watching some of these other stocks like even unh right like uh healthcare um and i think that you know these could start taking lead and you guys have seen how these stocks now have pulled back a little bit here uh unh healthcare pulled back will these take lead again well i'm going to keep watching these also the banks banks have been really strong lately what do you think about the bank trade Uh, it's the same trade i've been buying banks so what i've been buying on pullbacks is not technology stocks what I've really been buying on pullbacks is value names, you know, looking at the drug stocks on pullbacks, looking at the banks on pullbacks. It's it's the P.E. trade. The market is selling higher P.E. names and buying lower P.E. names. And this makes sense if you think about it. If we're in a higher interest rate environment, if we're in an environment where inflation is running rampant, earnings today are worth more than earnings tomorrow. So if you're looking at businesses and how to profit from that, it's cash now. Who's making cash now? Because the dollar today is going to be worth a lot more than the dollar five years from now if inflation stays high. So that's why technology stocks continue to get hit the hardest. Kathy Woodstock's obviously awful 2022 positioned very poorly because you're in higher PE names or no PE names because they don't even make money. So, I mean, I think this trade could continue for a while. We have precedence here we can look back to 2002 obviously interest rate thing is a whole different curveball it doesn't compare for 2002 but we saw the tech bubble burst in 2000 2001 and then bottomed in 2002 it took two years for the tech bubble to really burst back you know after the 1999 and the 90s ridiculous run-up so what happened after that lower pe names became in back in favor and it took a financial crisis to swing it back the other way but for four or five years lower p names started to outperform so keep that in mind when you're you know looking at here and oh when can i buy apple when can i buy amazon maybe you're thinking about the wrong names maybe you know like like i said i've owned apple for the better part of a decade and i hedged it last year i should have hedged my entire tech portfolio didn't hedge i sold the amazon but i shouldn't have rebought and i shouldn't have rebought it didn't hedge the google sold to Microsoft. These are stocks that I had huge gains on. I was realizing because I thought that we may go into tougher times with higher PE names. And it was just a multiple expansion. I mean, I've talked on Apple for a long time, trading 28 times earnings or 29 times earnings at the peak. It was a 12 or 13 PE stock for the longest time. And they were saying, well, they need to get some multiple expansion. It happened. And it was time to ring the register. I think Apple could have, uh, you know, some tough times ahead of it. Now, again, Things bounce. We have a double bottom in Apple. It's oversold. So it's going to have, you know, these moments where you're going to get out. You don't have to sell in the hole usually because you usually get bounces to sell. But on pops, I think I'm selling tech. And on dips, I think I'm buying value. And it looks like um, what hit the tape about seven minutes ago, I was trying to look to see what it could be. So yeah. it, there was a an exclusive Wall Street Journal report on China weighing zero COVID exit. Nah. Um, so pretty much speaking about that, they're trying to move away and move towards reopening. Yeah. Um, but there's no there's nothing that actually says that they're doing this. It's just more talks and rumors. 
maybe that could be what had moved the market. I think that some people were calling that also in the chat. Something popped. Uh, it just it was, and it wasn't a crazy headline, but you could just see that we were sleepy, and all of a sudden the algos got excited. I mean, that's what this market is driven by too. It's driven yeah. by algorithmic trading. It's driven by short-term traders. I mean, it's not just high-frequency traders. All your institutions use algorithms. You've got independent traders using algorithms. It's just algorithms all over the place. So, you know, if they're all headline-driven, they see a headline popping from the Wall Street Journal or from Bloomberg, you know, or from Benzinga or from wherever it is. And obviously, you know, that can change things in a hurry. So this market, all I can say is it's chop. It's had a lot of chop. By your play chop, you're buying dips and selling reps again. If I'm picking on specific stocks and specific sectors, though, I'm buying dips on value and selling rips on tech. Yeah, and um, I'm looking at Baba to see if it can continue moving. Of course, the China stocks, since they got crushed on that Monday, was the 24th, they've been coming back. And it seems like uh, that's just how this market is right now. Even when you get hit, then all of a sudden you get a little bit of bounce back. But I would definitely be wary about what happens in China. I know I can't even uh, do an overnight trade in a stock like Baba. I don't know about you, Dennis. I do, but I hedge it with Baidu. I do. Oh, but I hedge a, little, it with, a little hedge. I, I, I used to be able to do China versus some other stuff. Now China stays in China. If I'm getting long Baba, I'm going to short another China stock or at least FXI against it. So, because okay. you've got to respect that, you know, we don't know the next headline. Nobody knows the next headline. It's coming tomorrow out of China. There's headlines every other day. Zero COVID. No, we're locking down Disney World. No, we're, you know, going over here and, you know, we're talking about invasion. Oh, no, we're not invading. I mean, you don't know what the next headline's coming out over there, but the stocks are so volatile that there's, you know, major risk to just be long or short. So they're oversold. They've been oversold for a long time. Alibaba's went from 300 to 69. From an investing standpoint, I try not to own any of them because I just think that they've torpedoed their own markets for a long time here now and they don't care. Um, I don't know what turns it. There is value over there, but it's tough. There's value in other places that feel safer. All right, let's keep going. Let's go to a retail favorite. Will this turn the ship around? Pelantier Technologies coming in with their earnings today. Uh, EPS at one cent, missing the two cent estimate. Sales at 478 million, beating the 470.3 million estimate. Pelantier reaffirms full year 22 revenue guidance of 1.9 billion towards 1.902 billion estimate. Uh, Q4. Adjusted revenue at 508 million to 510 million versus the 502 million estimate. Now they did want to go ahead and let you know that they are facing a negative 5 million currency impact on the prior quarter's guidance, and we expect revenues of 503 to 505 million. So still above their estimate, just not as high as they hit get hit with some currency impact. Pelantier is definitely a favorite. Um, if I'd have to call a monthly support, I'd just use kind of those monthly lows right now around 750. You can maybe use it as a support, but this net definitely needs to turn back around and get towards the nine, the 10. But the overhead supply in this stock is also going to be very difficult to get through. Bag holders everywhere in this stock. Um, and you see it, you know, you get these one or two day rallies. Like on Friday, I had some hope that maybe we got seller exhaustion in some of these names because we had a turnaround in Roku. We had a turnaround in Palantir, or we had a, a turnaround in Roku. We had a turnaround in, I forget the other one. Oh, in, uh, in Peloton, Palantir, in Peloton. 
from a batter and his reports. <laughs> I was like, well, maybe we got seller exhaustion. Maybe these things could have a relief pop for a couple of days. But then they started to leak right back here again. And then you had the DKNG that did not really work at all. Um, you know, I bought it in the pre-market. I actually did sell it and make a little bit of money. But did you get a feel after the open? You're like, it, it, it rallied hard. And then just started leaking, leaking. And then you could start seeing the other ones leak too. And I'm like, oh man, we're going to have another day where Kathy has a rough day. And that's exactly what happened. When you're trading those kind of stocks, you know, even a Palantir, it's a good idea to keep ARKK on your screen because if, you know, you get the relief pop on Friday, which we got in ARKK, it's like, oh, well, maybe we're holding. And then just, in, you know, or, or on Thursday. And then on Friday, they just hit ARKK again. So, I mean, ARKK is now dangerously close to its lows here. Once again, 33.74. The overall trend, you're fighting it if you're buying these kind of stocks because, again, just like we said, value is in favor, growth or, you know, no earning stocks or not. It's going to take a long time to turn that. ARKK, these growth names, will they turn around? I think in the long run, you're going to continue to see these kind of leak. I'm a little bit concerned about names like Palantir. Uh, when they don't make, how do you value? I mean, if you're a value yeah. investor, you don't touch this stuff. And the growth of Momo traders aren't touching this stuff either. It's One what we cent. talked about a year ago, the gap. You know, I mm -hmm. talk about this gap where you have value investors that buy stocks at PEs, 8, 9, 10, 11. They're just like, that's like, uh, you know, not a floor, but it's value investors that come in. Then, and then obviously if the growth investors, the Momo guys, they don't care about any of that stuff. The momentum's going, they're buying, they're buying, they're buying. The problem is when the momentum turns, momentum says, guys say, I'm out. The value guys are way down here. And that's where you just see this slow death by a thousand cuts on so names until they get to a point where they may become value stocks. Like a PayPal now has kind of become a value stock. It moved from a growth stock to a value stock just because the prices come down so much. But on a Palantir, they don't make money. So I'm like, well, where are the value investors? They're not anywhere. They're at zero. So, I mean, if you don't have the growth investors and the value investors aren't willing to play in that stock, there's no support at all from fundamental players. So you got to look at it from that perspective too. It's, it's safer in a stock like PayPal or in a stock like Netflix because at a certain point in time, those stocks that were growth stocks, trading P's 50 and 60, they came down reasonable enough that the value investors started to come in. So, I mean, we are in a different environment right now. We should put our CFA caps on. Chat, you can help us out here too. But PEs matter in 2022. They didn't matter in, in 2019. They didn't matter in 2020. They didn't matter in 2021, but they sure do matter in 2022. It's a PE market. CFAs are winning. Let's go towards another health stock here. Let's talk about bio and tech here as they get their earnings out here. Q3 EPS at uh, let me bring the stock up first. Uh, so Q3 EPS at $7.04, beating the $4.42 estimate. Sales at $3.48 billion, beating the $2.03 billion estimate. But it got actually hit a little bit on this number in the pre-market. You guys can see here, definitely pulling back a little bit towards support. I like kind of the hourly gap on the downside. That's when I'm going to be watching to see if it can fill and then come right back up. So yesterday's range, the four last week's range going towards around the 145, 75 mark, and then looking for a little bit of a bounce there. We'll see if it gets there. I don't even have much to say on this because the COVID problem is this COVID stock, COVID drug, people aren't worried about COVID anymore. There's going to be a lot less people taking boosters in the future. You know, I did the double vax. I got the booster. I can get another booster right now, but I'm like, do I need it? Do I want to keep getting a booster every six months for this? 
And as that mindset continues to change and you start to lose the hardcore boxers and they become, well, maybe I don't get another booster. These stocks, you know, are very dependent on us all getting boosters every six months. And that's just simply not going to happen. So I don't want to own BioNTech. I've talked about Novavax before. They, it's the worst run company because, you know, they were all over it. They couldn't get the drug out, couldn't get the drug out. Moderna cleaned up and Novavax could never get the drug out until basically the pandemic was over. So, I mean, I don't want to touch any of these uh, plays. The only thing with Moderna, it's got other stuff cooking with the flu vaccines and they're doing yeah. very smart company, very run, very well-run management. Different story. Pfizer's obviously diversified. It's a core holding in my long-term portfolio. It's got a lower PE. But you don't, you know, I, I just can't see jumping in BNTX saying, yeah, yeah, you know, you know we're in the vaccine plays. Vaccine, the time to play vaccine stocks is long gone. Yeah, I would I would avoid this one. I do like Moderna's chart a little bit more. Um, so I've been focusing on that. They're just chart. doing so many other things they've got cooking there now, too. Yeah. You can really see the separation on, you know, companies that, you know, they've, they've got other stuff cooking here. And they were so quick, you know, on obviously, you know, on and BioNTech was, too, with Pfizer, with Pfizer's help. Moderna did on their own. You know, like you think about that, you know, BioNTech teamed up with Pfizer to get the, the vaccines out there quickly. Moderna basically just did it on their own, which is impressive in itself. So I'm very impressed with the Moderna company. If I was buying one of these, it would be Moderna. I think it's best to breed, uh, but I'm just staying away from home. On Moderna, I really like this uh, ex- this like push of volume here that came from the bottom when it gapped up. Of course, this was on a gap up, and then it what it did is it pushed up through there and held the pullback. That's what I really like when you hold those pullbacks to an area where it had high volume. To me, it looks like a buyer was in there, watched the stock get up there towards 160, looked for the pullback, and it could have been an ad there around the 140. Now we look for the takeoff through Friday's high, 160.74. That's what I'll be watching on Moderna. Let's go to a different one that uh, I saw the chat talking about. Let's see what you guys think about DWAC today. Definitely getting some movement. And why is DWAC moving? Well, True Social SPAC merger is moving off of potentially reports that Donald Trump could soon announce 2024 presidential run. Uh, shares of Rumble and Funware also moving higher with this. Um, definitely looks to me more like a day trade style uh, vehicle here, but we'll see if it can get back above the hourly into the 25s. Now you're going head to head with Musk here too, so... Worst thing that could possibly happen for whatever reason is if Musk went back or if, if Musk allowed Trump to come back on and Trump said yes to Twitter. DWAC would just get hammered on that. I don't see that happening, but it's a risk. Yeah. So, you know, I'm always a risk manager. I assess risk. I think the biggest risk for DWAC, other than, you know, they're not, you know, SPAC merger fails or something like that, is if Trump goes back to Twitter. So it's getting the Trump pop. That's this thing's been so beat up. Bag holders all over the place in this thing, too. I mean, the market cap just got stupid when this thing went back to 175. Dumb money running rampant all over this thing. I just think, I, I think rallies are to be sold. I would agree with that. And one thing I would say is it looks like Elon has said already that he would kind of uh, bring a Trump back. So I don't know if Trump be wants to, to go back, though. Yeah, Trump it's going to be up to Trump. It's yes. going to be up to Trump to determine now. But I don't think it's going to be Elon saying, no, you can't, or you have still a band. So yeah. I think that at least is off the table. Um, and what did you think about the whole Twitter situation with the 
the verification because I know you're verified, Dennis, and you you battled to be oh, verified for yeah, I did. a long time. So yeah. it looks like going forward, uh, Twitter handles are engaging and impersonation will clearly be uh, permanently suspended. So it looks like this weekend, uh, some some kind of celebrities and, and different influencers took their shot at Elon Musk. What they did, Dennis, is they changed their picture I, I saw and that. they put their profile name as Elon Musk to kind yeah. of show him like, hey, well, I mean, your verification check doesn't really matter. I mean, I could put my name as Elon. I could put my profile. I already have a verified check. Now what are you doing? Well, it looks like he battled back. He clearly stated that Twitter will be permanently suspending anybody that has a parody account and doesn't clearly state it. Um, so that's something to think in mind. And then also it looks like the the check mark thing is really going to be a thing. Twitter blue um, supposedly going to be shifting over a little bit higher price for the verification check. Yeah. It's definitely an interesting topic, but at least we can't trade Twitter anymore on this because no. I think it would be very volatile. I, I'm concerned, though, like just from the verification that I hope it's going to work out. Because my problem was why I wanted to get verified so badly is I had these fake, you know, accounts yeah. that would, and I, I was, and it was like dozens of them. They were happening every other day. There's a fake account. And what I've said is like a person like me is kind of in the sweet spot to like, you know, to really like make a fake account for. And why that is is that you know I'm I'm I've got a decent following that and i'm a money and obviously you know i'm into stocks and stuff too so you know all of invest for me but i've got a decent enough following to make it worth their while but i'm not big enough that people wouldn't believe it's me so i mean if you got warren buffett oh warren buffett just followed me and he wants to invest with me when well, nobody's going to believe that dennis dick just followed me oh he wants me to invest when people will believe that so because you know i'm i'm pretty much a nobody so, I mean, I've got a big enough following that it makes the, the scammers worth their while. And because, obviously, I'm in the stock market and stuff, people see me as a money manager. So what they were doing, what the fake accounts were doing, is they create a fake Twitter name of me. You know, just, you know, and then put my name, copy my profile, everything. And if you look at the handle, it's just slightly different. You know, it'd be like a T or an I or something. They change one letter. And then they contact my people that I follow and say, hey, you know, um, do you, you know, I've just, you know, gotten to, you know, this. Do you want to invest with me? And then they'd ask him for Bitcoin. And then, you know, um, and, and then people think, oh, I'm investing with Dennis Dick, but they're not. It's a scam. So what I said was, you know, I want to get verified. So I now look for the blue check mark. But if everybody's going to have a blue check mark, now all of a sudden the scammers can start putting blue check marks by my name and they're going to be scamming again. So it's absolutely brutal. So I hope that he's got that figured out. I hope I don't have to go through this hell because it's been nice for the last year since I've been verified. There's been very few fake accounts created on me. I'm hoping it's still going to be the case that, you know, maybe they're going to be able to handle the scammers and figure it out. But I'm skeptical. If everybody starts getting a blue check mark, the scammers will blue check mark themselves too, change their names. You know, you know, and by the time we realize it, you know, you could have been scammed. So all I want to say is to everybody listening, I will not ask you for Bitcoin. I hate Bitcoin from, you know, I will not ask you for Bitcoin. I will not ask you for money. I'm not taking money to invest for people. I'm just trading my own capital. So if somebody pretends to be me, it's not me. I'll let it's you know a, if I start a hedge fund. I'm not starting a hedge fund. Not yet. Not, not right yet. Now. Not yet. Not right now. Not, never say never, I like to say. <laughs> uh, but yes, definitely. And Dennis, like the chat said, 
You're not a nobody, man. You're definitely getting up there, my friend. No, but I have a decent enough following that, like, if I if I only had ten people following me, the scammers wouldn't bother me. Definitely. You know, but I got twenty one thousand. It's enough, decent enough following for the scammers to bother with. Dennis, they 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 don't pick on Warren Buffett because nobody's gonna believe that. Oh yeah, Money Mitch had Warren Buffett contact me on the weekend. He wants me to invest directly with him. Want to do it? Nobody believe that. Don't worry. They they even do scam ones on my account, Dennis. So it looks like they don't. They, they have it's time annoying, on their hands. Mitch. That's for so sure. So annoying. Let's go to the next top conversation here. Well, let's go over and let's talk about uh, Peabody. Um, let's actually let's do Meta. Meta talk is is definitely one of the the important talks today. Uh, Meta is looking like they could carry out large scale uh, layoffs starting as soon as Wednesday. Um, it looks like uh, this was a report from Wall Street Journal. The layoffs are expected to impact thousands of employees, a report said. So they reached out to Zuckerberg to try to get an answer. He said just pay. Uh, he looked at the earnings call. He said, listen to the earnings call. I did kind of state there. Um, and he said, in 2023, we're going to focus our investments on a small number of high, high priority growth areas. Um, this means that some teams will grow meaningfully. But most other teams will stay flat or shrink over the next year. So it looks like you had already given this in the earnings, but it's definitely moving the stock a little bit, getting a little bit of a pop here. What do you think about Meta, Dennis? Oh, they just want to see expenses starting to get cut here. Investors, it's just been such a disaster, the disaster that we've called on this show for a long time. Yeah. Um, they, anything like, oh, cutting expenses is going to be viewed as a positive here. Cutting expenses on a company that's firing on all cylinders isn't viewed as positive. It's viewed like, oh, you might see some demand destruction. People just want to see expenses cut here at Meta. So if they're doing any layoffs or cutting any expenses here, Meta stock will applaud that. It's what we're seeing here this morning. It's up 3%. Seller exhaustion here, got to be. I mean, the thing has just been absolutely massacred. It is a value stock now. It may turn around here if they can start to figure it out, but I'm just so scared of TikTok that it keeps me out of meta. This is not a metaverse play. I told you my metaverse play is Disney. I don't know if metaverse, if META is going to, you know, maybe it's going to be a major player in it, but, you know, they're creating $1,500 or $1,700 Oculus glasses and trying to pump them up there. And this is not the time for that. So I think there's better times for meta. I think there's better value names out there. If you're buying it here and you got a 10-year time horizon, do I think you'll make money? Yeah, I do, but I don't know when this thing turns around. Yeah, I like the next monthly lows. I'm looking for in the 70s to come into play on Meta, and that's just because I'm using the monthly charts, moving back and back. Um, that would get us into 2015 numbers. And, of course, uh, Facebook opened in 2012, so it's not too far from that IPO, and you can just imagine that. Um, this is where it gets a little bit difficult. I asked uh, Joel, and Joel's not here uh, to kind of talk deeper about this, but this is a kind of stock that I also talked to Joel about. Like, do you take profits on a, on a name like this when you're investing long term? Because this stock did get towards 350, right? Imagine if you would have had it in 2015 and you didn't sell. That's tough to go through and seeing a, a stock get to such high valuations, but not getting out. And then it comes back towards your entry. It makes you not want to do any long-term investing at all. I mean, yeah. this is really what we're coming to. As stocks approach five-year lows or six-year lows, it pisses you off. I mean, Definitely, PayPal, yeah, I mean, you think about that one. I mean, from 40 to 300, back to 75, you're like, what the hell? 
I should have been trading that thing. And I've been saying, you know, when you get into these bear markets, trading, you know, seems like it's such a better way to go. I will tell you, and, you know, people believe, oh, yeah, long-term investing, you can't time the market. My trading account is way the hell more consistent than my investing account. My investing account moves with the overall market, you know, and it's having an ugly year as two. My trading account, then straight up. So don't tell me you can't time the market. Those people don't know what they're talking about. Is it easy for the guy who's got a full-time job to time the market? No. But if you're sitting here as a day trader full-time, putting your time in, you can get the skill set eventually to learn to time the market. I know a ton of very good traders. Jeremy Newsom, one of them as well. But we know, you know, the, the, the good traders that are, you know, there's lots of good traders out there on the Twitterverse. You know, there's lots, there's lots of good traders at Bright Trading. I mean, there's lots of people who have proven that you can time the market. I'm proof of that as well. There's lots of ways to time this market. Trading right now is kicking the shit. And I'm going to use that word out of investing. Well, we'll keep watch there. Let's go towards another stock. Let's go to Peabody here as uh, looks like Santa's bringing some coal or maybe you might want coal this year. Uh, but let's talk about it. What's going on here? So Peabody Energy rising in the pre-market after the company and Coronado ended merger talks. Um, so they were already set to kind of do a merger with Peabody, but they ended the merger on both of them kind of agreeing to this. And this is actually giving BTU a lift today. Um, this is a stock for me that is on a daily breakout now. Yeah. Um, if you take a look on the daily, I've been watching this to get through 25 last week. That was the level that I was looking at. Why? Because look at all the kind of price consolidation that we had between 23 and 25. Finally, on last week, Thursday, we break through that. It even gave you a chance. It pulled back right to that level on Friday. You went down towards a low of 24.56. Now you're already at 29, starting to break out. I think this has room to run to 30, but we'll see if it has much more after that. The one, yeah, and obviously energy stocks been in favor here for a while. I'm still concerned that if we go into a recession, energy stocks eventually hit too. These could end up being value traps. I'd rather be in drugs, um, rather be in healthcare. Like I said, the reason I think, and you get the Gileads, you know, which we've been all over here on this show. Um, the reason these stocks are really showing because even if we go in a recession, those stocks still do well. So if we go in a recession, those energy stocks will start to come in. If we go in a recession, those drug stocks may not necessarily come in. So you find drug stocks with P's under 12, 13, those are attractive right now. Those are the ones I want. What about oil names and uh, kind of the oil? Um, and I mean, XOM has just been a complete well, here's what, yeah, But I just said, Mitch, here's the concern is that the oil names will not hold up in a recession. The exactly. drug names might. So, I mean, I don't know when the recession actually hits. It's not here. We've went out there, you know, going out and looking and doing your homework and obviously going to malls. It's still busy out there. I don't think the Fed stops until they get it to a recession. And when that eventually happens, oil stocks get hit as well. So oil stocks earnings are cyclical. What does that mean? They go very strong during expansions and they get weaker during recessions. So, I mean, we've been, you know, in this energy expansion here for a while and it's been a great trade. I have missed that trade completely. But I'm not going to jump on the bandwagon here now on ExxonMobil at 112 when I could have bought it at $35 a year and a half ago when it was hated. Because, you know, you can look and say, well, P is nine. How do you lose? You lose if it's like U.S. steel, you know, and this is what's happened with the steel stocks. So how do you lose on Cleveland Cliffs with a P, a 3, a 25? You know how you lose? When they start to come in from, you know, obviously not selling as much steel. And all of a sudden, you look at Cleveland Cliffs at 13, you're like, oh, man, I got cut in half. How is that possible? Well, again, those earnings are cyclical. So you got to be careful. 
when you were teetering on recession and potentially the Fed going to drive us into it, to just buy everything that's got a low PE. Make sure those earnings aren't cyclical. Something let's keep watch. Now it looks like we got my man Tim Quast in the back. You guys know what time it is. Let's go ahead. Let's get right to the talk. You guys, it's time for Market Structure Monday. I've been learning. (laughs) Better backdrop today, Tim. It takes years of... (laughs) Right. Uh, Better than that hotel go- last week. Thanks for the GoFundMe uh, campaign that got me <laughs> out of jail. It, yeah, uh, I mean, it really out. Look, we we got an upgrade. <laughs> Where are you today? Free Tim Quast. Free Tim <laughs> Quast right. shirt. Hashtag free Tim Quast. Yeah, thanks, everybody. Uh, Where are so you I'm today? In, I'm in Charleston. Charleston. So, um, yeah, at the uh, fashionable Zero George in Charleston. Nice, uh, nice. Yeah, yeah, we're here, we're here for the month of November. So, Man, uh, you enjoying that we November were, month, uh, getting away from the beginning of the cold, I see. It, Skipping away from the cold. Exactly. It's, uh, there was a foot of snow, at least, in Steamboat uh, this week, and here Ooh. it was 82. So uh, we were happy to be here. <laughs> Happy to yeah. be here out walking walking the beach on Sullivan's Island. Yeah, it's a good place to be. We love Charleston. I mean, it's a beautiful, uh, historic place. You, you know, you could spend two hours just walking around reading all the plaques on these houses that date from the 1600s and 1700s. It's uh, So if you haven't been to Charleston, there's my plug. It's a, it's a great place to go. There you go. I definitely will check it out myself too. I'm nearby. I'm, I'm in are Charlotte you? now, so uh, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm moving all around. Moving all around. I, I'm a nomad. I can't stay in one place too long. But let's get into the market talk. Do you think that potentially we could see a big rally with the election this week? Hmm. Yeah. That, I mean, it's a great question, and I I heard your your uh, discussion about uh, Dennis. Your comments about. Uh, Cheap stocks don't necessarily go up, and uh, it's it's a great you know it's a great prelude to talking about what the market may do uh, on election week. And you're right, Dennis. I, I always <laughs> I always come back to this great. I laugh. I pre laughed because I re- it makes me laugh every time the 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 IR guy for a company called Energy Transfer said to me. You know, we learned in the energy business not to say, well, it can't go any lower. <laughs> oh, that's true, too. Everything can go lower. And you always, it, you know, that a stock yeah, is when, trading when, at- when oil went negative there, <laughs> we can't go any lower. <laughs> can't go any oil lower than zero. Apparently it can, right? Oh, I'm going to buy yeah. this at a dollar because it's got to go up. And then it went to minus $37. And you're like, what the hell what? happened? <laughs> right. So so everything can go lower. <clears throat> and uh uh, can, will the market rally or go lower uh, on election week? I don't, you know, nobody knows. I, I can certainly tell you from a market structure standpoint what the math indicate. And and uh, I, everybody's guilty of confirmation bias. And, and you know, it's a confirmation bias is could, could best be described as believing in something despite what the data tell you. <laughs> That's, and we're all guilty of it. I, you know, I think that, you know, the, the government is guilty of it with jobs data. I think everywhere it shows up. So if I were looking at them, this is what I do. I, I can only tell you uh, what we do with math and it's just one way. It's not the only way to think about uh, what occurs, but, but it's very accurate. And I would point out last week, you know, we talked about 
uh, I only highlighted two stocks, ANET, uh, <clears throat> Arista Networks, ANET, uh, and APA. There are other things I traded. Uh, you know, I had a very good week last week. Every every day, my trading account was up 2% or more. So Holy. it was a very good trading week. And look at those stocks, ANET, APA, both up 9% the last five days. So all you have to do is... I'm not saying it's 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 uh, you know it's infallible. It's not. Everything is fallible, particularly human beings. Uh, but math works. The math of supply and demand in the market, because of the rules that govern how trades execute, is a pretty good indicator. So, what is the market telling us as we arrive at uh, uh, the penultimate day before the elections? Uh, well, broad sentiment is at 8.2. Believe it or not, we've only had five, eight handles since in the entire edge data set, which goes back apples to apples. It just goes back to July, 2017, but that's five years of data. Only five times has broad sentiment been above eight. Three of them were during the period of the pandemic when everybody was using their COVID checks to trade meme stocks. Yeah. <laughs> so excess cash. One of them came in January of 2019 when the Fed reversed its tightening policy. So the Fed started to shrink its balance sheet. Finally, uh, we forget about this, the balance sheet from the financial crisis, in they started shrinking it in 2018 and they brought it down about $500 billion and the market fell apart. You guys remember that? December 24, 2018, the Dow went down 1,200 points, had never done that before. Uh, so then the Fed stopped what it was doing, and we got an eight handle out of that. And the fifth one is right now. So what is it? What makes this one different? Well, it's the only eight handle that we've had during a period of of tightening instead of excess. So I don't know what's going to happen, but this is what I will always look at: what is broad sentiment doing? What is supply and demand doing in the S and P five hundred? And that's what this is. So SPY. Mm -hmm and the algorithm that meters buying and selling by investors and traders. And here's where we are as of Friday. Demand, the, the algorithm is way above the red line that tells us to start to get cautious. And the supply side, which has been in a big deficit, is still at 48% and has stopped falling. Those conditions to me do not herald a, 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 a we're off in a bull market again. I'm not saying that, that, that the market won't go up. I'm saying that these conditions generally uh, precede a pullback, almost always. In fact, I, you know, I pointed out to the edge users that generally when we go over the red line, stocks, the, the mathematical propensity of the market is a return of a negative 5%. Well, the market is now lower than it was when, the mar when we went over the red line. We, you know, that Friday was a good day. But the market was down one and a half percent last week. <laughs> it, was, it wasn't a great week. Uh, and so I look at this and say, no, and, and people will misinterpret this. So suppose that one side or the other of the political spectrum does well and the market declines. Then everyone is going to say, well, it's because of the outcome of the election. Well, these data precede the outcome. The data pre preceding the outcome say that the market probably will have a higher probability of declining. Maybe it's slow. I think that we will go into a slow slide. That's what I think, because that's what tends to happen after a strong top like this. But I don't know. That's what I think. 
Mitch. That's a long-winded answer, but that's what I think. <laughs> Nobody knows anything, but no. I mean, right. can we lay out scenarios here? I mean, Republicans appear to be winning in the early polls, but we know that doesn't mean anything because things can right. change very quickly here. Right. I mean, let's just set up the two scenarios. It goes red or obviously the Dems. Um, what, what do you think the market wants to see? Well, markets always love financial and fiscal responsibility. They do. Yeah. But yeah. neither neither side has demonstrated it, so I don't know if it makes any difference, right? Yeah, you, there's there there's too. a belief that one side is more fiscally responsible, but if you look at the data, both sides have spent like drunken sailors. So I, you That's know, I don't too. know. I don't know. We will see. We'll probably more continue to that. But what about our big tech, right? I mean, if I think that's one of the best ways to watch this market right now. That's what kind of led this move down here. And will it continue or will these kind of turn around? Right. Will big tech recover? Well, at some point it will. I was just beforehand, I was listening to a television show on the markets and uh, Barry Diller was on, who is all, always, he's a very, you know, he's a quirky guy, uh, but he's a very interesting fellow. And I, he commented about Facebook. He said, when you change your name to something that does not exist, that's kind of <laughs> odd. <Yeah. laughs> and yeah. I think it was a major, you know, it was a major gap. But if we look at, we look at Meta, just as an example, you know, the, look at the demand. It can't even get over five. That, so that's how I would think about it. When when will big tech recover? When demand returns to it? You say, well, that's a cop out. Well, no, it's the truth. It's the truth, and and you who who will drive that? Well, the 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 money that gets allocated to uh, models, stock pickers to some degree. They're only ten percent of the market, though. Realize that they're only ten percent of the volume of the stock market. No, even though 98% of the time that we listen to things or read things is dominated by people talking about the fundamentals of business, the fact is only 10% of volume is actually driven by that. So when the money comes back to big tech, uh, they will recover. And you, can, you will know it this simply, traders, and this is what you should do. No, this is confirmation bias. Don't talk yourself into trading things that have insufficient demand because you will lose money. It's that simple. So when demand gets back over five and stays there consistently, this, those stocks will recover. And you could look over six months. This is the only period where it made any kind of sense at all to own Meta. Uh, even here, you, you know, you can make a little money, but as soon as the supply side or the demand side moves, demand comes down, supply rises, you should be out. Uh, that's, the, that's the thing that should drive your decision as a trader. You know, if you have long-term investment, fine. But this is how you should think about big tech to me. Tim, let's look at Apple. Because ah, this, that's exactly what I was going to say. Me and Mitch out. were both going to grab it. We had to go to it. <laughs> I mean, it's got bad news here again. The stock just seems to go down. It seems like every day for the last week. Yeah, I don't know sense. if that's true or not, but you see, what are you seeing in Apple? So we and we talked about this last week. Uh, I tweeted it. I said, you know, generally. So I said the demand side is really good, but the supply side is rising at the same pace. So any gains will be difficult to hold. Those are just conditions that we know to be true. And the moment that demand began to slip, the, the price fell. So you can know this, traders. You can know this before a company reports results. Always check supply and demand. It will generally tell you 
what will happen. So Apple had very strong demand ahead of results, but it also had very high supply. And so it's very, it's very much like any market. If you supply a lot of product to a market, uh, but 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 uh, the demand is there to consume it all, then prices don't rise. Prices only rise if demand is greater than supply, right? And so if the two are tracking each other, ooh, going to be very difficult for prices to hold. And sure enough, that was true. Uh, you know, when when was it awesome to own Apple? Well, we can look back and and you could you could do this. You could do this with your you know your whole portfolio. Keep your portfolio if you want to have a long term portfolio. Keep it biased to stocks that have more than five that have five or greater demand because that stuff will outperform the market. And here was the great time to own Apple. Right there, demand was very strong. Supply was pretty high too, but it wasn't rising. So demand outstripped supply, price went up. The moment those conditions changed, down it went. And there's been one brief time here where it's where it's been good to own the same things through back here. Right. Yeah. So so right now, no, you don't want to buy falling demand. That's catching a falling knife. <laughs> don't want to do it. Just I mean, wait for it. I mean, that's yeah. really what your system's designed. It's yep. showing you the momentum is really what it's doing. It's showing you where the money is going. Exactly. And obviously, you know, we know momentum can change and things can change, but it's kind of right. showing you where buyers are tending to go. It's giving you that overall look. Exactly. That's it. And and uh, I prefer I prefer prefer to buy stuff that at a price that is better than where I sell it. As a general. Well, well that's kind of the idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, can, can we do one more, Tim? Yes. Can we do Tesla yeah. here? Because Tesla. I feel like it's been hanging on for a while now and it's really close towards important support here. 200 underneath it wanted to see how market structure edge has it it's it's not bad you know it didn't get to 10 so it stopped rising at nine uh uh the supply side has is is trending well the trend line of the 30-day trend line is slightly down the the shorter term maybe five six day trend is down those are pretty good conditions they're you know that the they're not awesome because it didn't get all the way to 10 but they're not bad and that's why the price is hanging in you know, if you, I'll expand out to the year-to-date view once again, and you can see, whoops, I just booted myself. Apologies. Um, the you'll see that the the uh, the same principle holds true. The yeah. more time the Tesla spends above five, the better it does. Back here, you know, very very strong uh, uh, demand here, very very strong demand. The green part of the graph, and if it's not staying above. Uh, five, you're not going to, you're, you're kind of, your money is wasting time. That's all, you know, you want your money to constantly be producing right. returns for you. And, and this is kind of odd that it hasn't risen as much as you might expect with this kind of demand, but it's affected by earnings exactly to your point. Any thoughts on uh, certain stocks to trade during this big electric election week? So notice this Benzinga November seven portfolio. It's diverging supply and demand. That's what I'm always looking Ooh, for. Oh, that looks good. Right? So the stuff in here, there are six things in here, consumer discretionary, slightly the, uh, overweighted in, in this portfolio, fast trading leading, very short-term horizons, but awesome supply demand imbalances. That's what produces gains. So if I'm going to trade anything that's going to come out of this group, uh, I went wholly to cash on Friday so I can because I don't trust what the market's going to do uh, at the open today. So I'm going to, uh, that's why I wanted to be sitting in cash. And the market gave me that opportunity. I got out of the, uh, the positions that I had and, and they, 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 all but one was good. 
LPI, I had to write it all the way back and I still, I still lost a little bit on it, but everything else was good. So here are the things. Uh, Antero Resources, it's not all the way to, a, to attend, but that because natural gas has, has excess demand could be a good place to go. And it moves 5%. You can make, that's your expectation. I look at these things to tell us what's an expectation of a return. And that's what I'm after. Nike, Sunrun, which had a great week, could give us more because it's 10. The supply is trending down. It's only 38%. That's a big supply demand imbalance. And I'll show you that one. Dexcom, Win. Uh, this is a strange little financial company, but it looks good. Uh, R&R. I would look at all of those. I don't care much about what industry they're in or what they're their, their uh, financials are. Always check the earnings calendar. I haven't checked to make sure that none of these folks are reporting. That can change outcomes. But all of those have supply-demand imbalances that should give us returns. And here's Sunrun, because it's just, I mean, it's a great classic example of yeah. what you want to find. Look at that. Very strong demand, falling supply. Most times that'll produce gains. Could be as good as 10% yet in Sunrun. How do you know when you take your gains here, Tim? Like, you, obviously, you know, we yeah. can all jump in and this looks good. How do we know when to take the gains? So let's use EQIX, which was a stock we highlighted for uh, edge users last week. Said, this is a great stock to trade. Here's when to leave. So it, did, it produced great returns, just awesome returns because of diverging supply and demand. But now look at this. Here's your answer, Dennis. Once one side or the other begins to change, I'm probably already out of that. You can say, well, that's still a supply deficiency. Yes, it is. But if I've made my whatever, and that stock is a 10% or better gain, I'm as soon as the supply side changes, I'm out and I'm looking for the other, the next thing. Run, sun run, something like that. But that's the signal to me. Um, just a question, just for as if I was a user of Market Structure Edge. So yep. will that data point come out after the day is done or would that data point be even in the intraday action? It'll, this, this will be, so when would you know, right? So this, exactly. this is the data I would get today. So I'd be looking to leave this stock today. Okay, perfect. That's what, that's what I, I kind of wanted to get to there. Yep. So it's kind of like, how do you really use it, right? You've seen yep. it. Now you've seen the turn. Now... Tim would be looking at today to see, okay, today is going to be where maybe it could be the day where I'm going to run and take those profits. Right. And it could very well be that, that Equinix is up today, uh, but I'm going to, but the math is telling me, and you and see the, this is confirmation bias. Don't you say, Ooh, it's going up. I'm going to stay in that. No, take the money. Don't look back, find the next thing that because staying in it is, is taking chances, not gains. And you want to take gains, not chances. That's the way to do it. Love it there. Definitely. If you guys want to use this also, check out Market Structure Edge. Throwing up the link right now. You guys can check it out. And you can get a trial if you want to check it out. Just maybe test it out yourself. See how you like it. That's right. And we, you know, we've talked about this 30-day trial. It is mm -hmm. actually in effect. It's, it, we're, there are a few uh -oh. little message things now, but you can actually use it for 30 days now. Nice. Instead of 14. Yeah. Hey. Well, you guys check out market structure for yourselves and check out the edge that you can be using to trade every single day. Appreciate you coming on, Tim. And we'll Always have you back. You Thank Enjoy you. that vacation. Thank have you. Have a good one. All right. Got Tim out of here. Let's go into the market and see what are, what's going on. How do you feel we're doing right now, uh, Dennis? Oh, do you feel like we're hanging in there? 
Um, we're just chopping around. It's going to be continued chop. We're going to be choppy into the elections. We're probably going to be choppy after the elections. Momentum is tough. I mean, Tim's short-term time horizon, so he's getting in and out on some of these little momentum plays and finding little edges in his system. Uh, but if your holding period is any longer than like three, four, five days, it's been a really tough market. Swing trading's been tough because those trends just aren't persistent. I mean, energy has been pretty persistent. And again, you've got to identify the overall trend to be buying dips on stocks that are trending up and selling rips on stocks that are trending down. That has held for a long, long time, and that continues to work. And it's pretty much what Tim Quas' system, you know, does. But I mean, we look here. Just you know, there's so much news. We're going to get some big earnings again this week. Obviously, you no, know, we got Apple news today. We got Meta news here today. We've got you know the midterm are going to happen here. There's your earnings calendar. There's a ton of companies reporting to. Disney's probably the headliner for me if I'm looking tomorrow night. Obviously, I have a position in Disney, so uh, I look at it from that perspective too. But this market, hey, you've just... AMC, man. Come on, the apes. Nah, I don't expect too much from that report, but definitely. We got to watch what happens to some of these reports. I like this week, actually, because these are kind of the smaller stocks. And sometimes these smaller stocks can have big moves. Of course, because maybe the expectations off a little bit and we get some insight into gaming. Um, also, Mosaic is one that I'm watching that reports after the close today. Uh, you got take two. What do you think about the gaming industry? Um, it's going to be fun to kind of see if they can at least show some demand turnaround. If not, I think this could go lower also. I mean, I'm a fan of the gaming stocks. You know that. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, I'm not in. I recently sold my EA, obviously. And uh, I've said on this show, I want to rebuy my Take-Two. It's coming into a level where I'm interested. Do I want to buy it ahead of the report? There's always a risk. I mean, when you're taking into the report, I'd almost like to see what the numbers are and get a better field. Stocks trending down. It's not a super cheap stock, but I do think the gaming stocks are going to be metaverse plays. Um, in the long run, so I like take two EA long term. Uh, short term, I have no position. I have no position in either of these. Uh, I'd like to get my EA back eventually. I recently sold it. I'd like to get my take two back, which I sold up at 124. Obviously, I can scout myself some money here right now, but I just don't want to jump in ahead of an earnings report because it's just a wild card, right, Mitch? Yeah, definitely, it's a wild card, and I can tell you for myself, uh, even even times where I feel convicted in earnings plays i just don't play them because it's just too difficult like we uh dennis and i were talking about it in the pre-show is like even if i had the report five minutes oh, yeah. before it's coming yeah. out and i had the numbers okay beat and a beat does that really mean i can play towards the upside not always not always we've seen it in this market and and that's just how it's been it's been definitely one of those markets where even if you have the actual catalyst in front of you, sometimes good news is bad news, bad news is good news. And we've seen the algos make big mistakes, I feel, in the last year. And a lot of this is because of the conflicting news that we get. Now let's go and take a look. Sometimes at good news is interpreted as bad news. To your point, you know, you can, you know, you could have an insider that's actually got this report looking at it. They could actually lose on the trade for the simple reason is that the reaction is much different than what you would think from reading the report. My one buddy, you know, Bright Trading was just saying, you need to stop reading reports because, you know, it's moving. A lot of these smaller companies are just moving on whatever. And yeah. don't discount the credit. Like, you know, it's it's one thing, you know, Apple's and Microsoft's, those are high volume stocks. People can't push those around. Those little companies, lots of those get reported. They get pushed around. You got a hedge fund's got a big position along it. 
they might, you know, say, okay, I want the stock higher. And they come in the pre-market after the report and they buy a few shares, buy a few shares. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, it's going up and people get excited. The momentum traders go up. That happens out there. On the smaller mid-cap stocks, they are manipulated to a certain extent by major players in the market. I don't think it happens with the Apples and the Microsofts because the volumes are too high. But on the, on the mid-caps, it can happen. It absolutely does happen. Definitely something to keep watch. We'll see what happens with these stocks. I'm going to be watching Apple, of course, to see if we can turn around. Of course, it does have monthly support right around this level. We've talked about how it held that level yesterday. Uh, well, Friday, uh, 134.38. We'll take it out today. That's kind of a level that I'll be watching. What's on your radar today, Dennis? What's kind of the bogey to Keeping watch? an eye on Apple, it needs to hold that low. It's critical, obviously. The double bottom is in place. That's the good news. I think you could find buyers on a pullback in Apple short term. Uh, I still have my long term. I didn't take my hedge off. I mean, if I wanted to release the hedge, I could do it now. But I'm still hedged for the simple reason the stock's not cheap. Uh, 134.37 is the number, though. That was the double bottom, 134.38 from November and obviously from October. So nice double bottom in place. That's the level it's got to hold. All right, we'll see what happens today. I will get you out of here, Dennis. And like always, we'll see what happens. And Joe will be back tomorrow. So don't worry, team. We'll definitely have Coming Joe back. back tomorrow. Election day tomorrow. And stay tuned. Joe has a special guest for us tomorrow that's going to be talking about election bets. going to be fun to talk about it. It's well, been a while fun. since we had it uh, on. He's actually been on before. So if you guys have been with us during an election day, you probably heard about it. But Dennis, have a good day. Go do what Thanks, you do guys. best, my friend, yep. and go We're try. Trade. All right, see we'll see how the market does today. Now we'll get you guys over, and I want you guys to check out the Future of Crypto by Benzinga. This is our event on December 7th that I want you guys, of course, to go ahead and go to New York. Go to New York City. Go check out a little vacation time. And if you want, I gave you guys a little bit of a discount here. Money Mitch 20. You guys can use that discount to get a discount to the future of crypto event. Don't miss it, team. The future of crypto. We're going to have Yuga Labs. We'll have Kevin O'Leary, Josh Ong. You don't want to miss a team. And some of my favorites, definitely even Matt Higgins, uh, one of my favorite, definitely to talk to. And uh, I, I'm, I'm trying to get out there, team. So uh, give me the thumbs up. Check out the future of crypto. And if you want to use that discount code, by all means, I definitely appreciate it. Now we'll get you over to some live trading action. We got a great day for you. Benzinga TV is going to keep at it. We got live trading, Benzinga Live, and of course, stock market movers that will be coming up next. You don't got to go anywhere. This will redirect you. Let's get right into the market action and see if we can get into the green today. Let's get it, team. <laughs> Thank you.